0: Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. We are a bunch of mega fans giving you the news, discussion, and of course, a whole lot of opinions of Brandon Sanderson's works and the Cosmere. I am Danielle, and with me is Marvin.
1: Hi, I'm Felio.
0: <laughs> Hi, nice to see you again. <laughs> and then we also have Joshua.
2: Hi, I am Joshua on uh, various places online
3: various places and we also have jesse hello i am lady lameness and it is nice to join you guys on the lost reviews <laughs> i think it yes be. oh <laughs> yes the lost reviews
0: very happy to have you and lastly we also have veronica
4: hello i am cheyenne sadai and yes it's definitely really nice to join you guys on lost <laughs> reviews
0: <laughs> on, on lost review okay it's official this is the lost reviews <laughs> i am fell candy and today we are doing obviously our lost metal reactions episode this is number two and marvin and i wanted to be on the same one together as kind of a sequel to the lost preview so if you have watched our Lost previews videos please sound off in our comments
1: yes please and we, we won't be doing like <laughs> Individual videos like we did for Rhythm of War, probably. So, this will be like our way of giving you some lost reviews. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. And we're very, very excited to be here. So, this episode will obviously have spoilers for the lost Metal. In our first section, we're going to just discuss some. Slightly non-spoilery reactions to the Lost Metal. And then later on, I'll mention when we move on to our spoiler section, we will have Lost Metal full spoilers and Cosmere spoilers for sure. Let's see what Jesse has brought
3: us for show and tell. <laughs> okay, class. Uh, so I wanted to show you guys this. This is Carl. Uh, Carl is an octopus uh, that I made uh, initially for my brother and then gave it to Eric. So, eric gave me this this morning and said i should uh (laughs) show carl off on hotel and he's super cute and really easy to make and very big and making this was actually a disaster because i couldn't see any of the stitches with the um type of yarn that i was using so it kind of sucks but it wasn't too bad um (laughs) yeah so it's really adorable yeah (laughs) yeah um i just wanted to say i have like two computers going on my lap and next to me so if i'm not looking Uh, at the screen i I also just wanted to mention that i have like two laptop things going at the moment because i'm not at a computer so if i'm not looking at the screen it's not that i'm not paying attention it's that i'm going through my notes (laughs) (laughs) okay uh, sure okay (laughs) uh like people have made comments about me not looking at the screen before i'm like guys i'm looking at my notes i'm paying (laughs) attention i promise
0: so yeah that's a good point to to mention i always put my my notes up at the top of my screen like right below my camera so it Mm. hopefully doesn't look that bad (laughs) (laughs) like i'm looking away yeah all right so we're gonna dig in now we're gonna go into our spoiler free just general thoughts of what we felt when we were reading the lost metal i'll start with uh marvin
1: okay yeah so i really enjoyed the book I don't think that was a surprise to anyone who followed Lost previous. Like, I already enjoyed all of that a lot, um, but I do think there definitely are some issues, especially like with the endings to some of the plot lines and the overall. Yeah, some overall plot mm. elements that we are will definitely go into later. So I wouldn't put it as my favorite um, book of Era Two or like favorite book in general, but it's it's. Better than Ella of Law, at any rate, I would put it, but still worse in my mind than Shadows of Self or uh, The Bands of Morning. So yeah, it's. Uh, I do think it was a good ending to the series as such or to the era, but th- I have some issues with some things. Like I still enjoyed it and everything. Like I said, uh, it was a really good book and it's a brand book, so of course I'm going to enjoy it. But I did have some issues and yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely be going into some thoughts about that. Um, all right, thank you so much for that,
2: uh,
0: Joshua. What do you
2: think? Yeah, so um, my opinions about this book were really mixed, um, in the sense that they were all kind of all over the place. I think that this book had the highest highs, in era two for me, or at least at least many of them. Um, but it also kind of, at its worst, was just sort of more average Mm -hmm. than the others it was like it was less consistent to me than than the other era two books um overall i really enjoyed it it might be my favorite era two book um it's just really difficult to rate it when it's like when the (laughs) the range of opinions are are so varied compared to the others um and and obviously it's so recent so it's always hard to rate something when it's recent but um i really liked it i've got a few complaints i've got a few things that i can gush about so that's where i'm at
0: great Uh, Jesse, what do you think about this book?
3: Okay, so
5: (laughs) I didn't dislike the book.
3: (laughs) This isn't another Cytonic situation. I did like the book. (laughs) I think most of what I'm ever going to say about this book is going to be complaints. Uh, There was just a lot in the book that I didn't like, even though there were things that I did like. And there are just some things about the way this book fits in the series and the overall structure of everything that kind of made me dislike it from the get-go. Uh, and that really kind of colored the rest of my experience as well, because I just felt disappointed for because of a couple of things. So I did like the book. I've got to complain a lot about it. All right. Well, that's okay.
4: You're allowed to do that.
0: Let's see. Let's hmm. go on to Veronica.
4: Yeah, I definitely agree with Joff that the, this book has some of the highest highs in Era Two, and possibly the Cosmere in general. We'll get into that. But also, I have some problems, with like on a story level, on kind of the same thing Zarek mentioned in his review, where there was one plot line that was very, very exciting, and then the other ones had a little bit of like spinning wheels and it's not that I didn't enjoy them it's just I always wanted to get back to that one plot line and so there are a couple of small complaints like that but I really still enjoyed the book in large part thanks to like all those really high highs and Mm -hmm. the Cosmere elements and I think there were some character arcs that I really enjoyed in this book as well But I do have some problems with it. And I don't like to rate things until I reread them at least once. But it's possibly second or third in year or two. I haven't been able to decide I need a reread. Having processed everything. (laughs) Yes, absolutely.
0: I'm the same way. I kind of always need to look back on it later on after I've slept on it for a few Months, (laughs) but I personally just loved the book. I just ate it up, it was amazing. Um, I really liked it as an ending to this mid series storyline. Um, I felt like it was a great bridge from going from obviously fantasy setting in Mistborn Era One, and we have Mistborn Era Two that's like this urban fantasy, like steampunk western, but in the Last Metal, I feel like it really showed the ramp up in technology and where things are headed for schedule. So I really liked that. And I felt like it was um, just very enjoyable to read in general. And like everybody else, I did have some complaints, just minor for me, um, nothing like book breaking or anything, but um, I had some complaints with, let's keep it spoiler free, with The Big Bad Um, And I had a little bit of complaints with um, how certain characters' storylines were wrapped up a little bit. But that's it. (laughs) All right. So... It is very difficult to talk about this book without talking spoilers. Um, And it's also quite difficult to talk about the book without talking about Cosmere Cosmere. spoilers. (laughs) So we are going to be moving into our very spoilery section and it will be very spoilery. Yes. So if you do not want any Cosmere spoilers, I just be warned. (laughs) Um, So, guys, what is
3: The Lost Metal? (laughs) Any <laughs> question? <laughs> I, I enjoyed that our like our fandom has the running joke of, of like what is this it's... thing, and Brandon's now just incorporated it into his actual books <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: I, I think that um, I mean I, I honestly think that it is meant to be kind of ambiguous. I think he just mm-hmm. I think Brandon liked the title, and I think he wanted it to be kind of like oh you can kind of read it different ways because you have the in world they call the ATM the lost metal um the racium is very similar though and it's it kind mm-hmm. of features in this book i guess maybe someone could argue it's Trellium. I, I don't know that it's very lost at all but uh.
3: <laughs> the thing that came to my mind uh like finishing the book and with the title is that brandon set the title for this book 6 years ago mm-hmm. when he finished the last two books and he might have had different thoughts in mind of what he actually was going to do with it at that point. Mm -hmm. And the book has changed over time. And it's just maybe not as much about what it was initially going to be about. And the focus on the medals and what is the lost medal just isn't the focus of this book anymore. But the title has been so prominent for six Mm -hmm. years (laughs) that... Kind yeah. of changing
4: it at this point would feel really jarring. Mm-hmm. This isn't the Cytonic situation where he could just change it from nowhere to Cytonic mm-hmm. relatively easily. Oh, I mean, his publishers made him change that one. <laughs> well, yeah, but he still. He didn't want to change it. <laughs> it's not been six years between mm-hmm. uh, Starsight and Cytonic. Mm-hmm. So definitely think that that played a part in it. I definitely think that Jesse has a good point about
0: um, the lost metal being an in-world term, and it gives the last book a really nice, good feel for being an era two book. Um, As I was reading the preview chapters or for people who weren't reading the preview chapters, that was chapters um, prologue through 19, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I was thinking it was going in a different direction than it was going. I was thinking they were going to be specifically finding, um, atium and loresium from mm. the interaction between harmonium and trellium or bavadinium, <laughs> but it, it didn't quite go. I mean, that was part of the plot point, but it wasn't the main plot point, mm. which was kind of interesting to me, but in my mind, the lost metal was a lost God metal. So I, I feel like it still fits, um, the theme mm. of the book
1: yeah and i agree i think you can make a case for all of the three god metals we did see here like etium because mm-hmm. it it what it literally is called the lost metal lirasum because i think it's like of all the metals it's sort of the one that is most lost to them in a way because they really would need some sort of in like misborn injection again into their gene mm-hmm. pool to sort of uh, get powerful or like have more powerful people again and things like that so You could make the case for that. And Trelium, I think you can make a case for it being a lost metal because presumably Trell has been investing into Schedule for some time. And so like the fact that that has happened is sort of lost to history. So in that regard, it is sort of a lost metal to them. So yeah, I think, and I agree with Trashway that it is intentionally ambiguous. But I would also say that it is... I agree that it is not necessarily the best title for this book like because I also expected like fell that it would go in this direction and like wax and Seris's plot po- plot would be discovering this lost or like discovering the actual mm-hmm. way of splitting up harmonium into the two two mm-hmm. metals. So yeah.
3: And like the other era two books have more ambiguous names mm-hmm. and they are not as clear from the title what what the book is presumably mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. to be about. whereas the lost metal it Like, that phrase kind of makes a lot of sense. It's like, oh, we're going to figure this out. But also the seeding of Adium as the lost metal through all of the other Era 2 books really gave a a certain uh, expectation, Mm -hmm. I think, that the other titles didn't give. Mm -hmm. That is
0: a very good point. Um, Because really, Adium didn't play a huge part in this book at all. I mean, maybe yeah. like one little side character, you know, <laughs> just that guy, you know, wandering around. Um, but yeah, that it, it is kind of strange that it's named The Last Metal, but I, I still like it. I think it flows off the tongue really well. So Yeah.
4: And it is a great title for a book. It just doesn't fit perfectly with the expectations mm-hmm. that it created mm-hmm. and what this book ended up being. Definitely.
0: Uh, does anybody have any thoughts about like the overarching main plot of this book?
2: Yes. Um, yes. So <laughs> yes. Let, let me, I think this is probably one thing that a lot of us feel uh, we'll see. Um, I found the structure of the plot a little bit frustrating. Um, mm. I did not love how Mercy split off from wax and Wayne and how Staris was isolated from everybody else. It allowed for some good pacing maybe with like each of their climaxes kind of hitting at different points um mm-hmm. and it let there be a lot of things going on and it was very it was varied in what was happening for the second half um but it it, it felt very kind of disconnected to me um and i wish that there had been a little bit more i don't know, cohesion to the to the story yeah so i will say that for like the plot as a whole it's it's difficult because it's almost like there's not like it, it kind of splinters at the end to where it doesn't even almost feel like there's a singular plot happening mm-hmm. um, i do like certain character arcs I, I like certain certain plots um but as a whole there's kind of like no like unifying plot which is kind of weird uh because yeah. the other era two books are a lot tighter in what they're doing mm-hmm. in that way
4: mm. yeah and it feels disconnected in a way that i haven't felt for a brandon book since elantris um with the three separate plotting and going like through each one. Like, even Stormlight, where we have such large like spaces of time without seeing characters. Like, we don't see uh, Dalinar in like Shallan's sections of Way of Kings and vice versa. Like, same with Rhythm of War, it has these big sections of, okay, we're gonna focus on this set of characters for this part, and these two are the through lines, and then they switch off. This one, it felt even more disconnected than that even when it wasn't such like large spaces of time where we weren't seeing one character. And so like, I like individual plots. I really uh, like Marassi's plots. And it was great to see Stare's POVs, but just, they don't come together in the way Brandon mm-hmm. plots usually do, even if we do have the Sander Lange that's staggered between uh, the different... Mm-hmm.
3: listening to the way joff described it uh it reminds me a lot of the end of Oathbringer, bringer where we have the two separate groups that eventually come together and it just didn't feel like they came together in the mm-hmm. end like they sort of almost did but then we just moved on to the epilogues and like there wasn't really that much of a resolution there and i know some of my frustrations with the ending come from the fact that we like there were resolutions to certain plot lines, but they it just didn't feel like the whole story had a resolution. And some of the plot lines felt like, okay, this is kind of the end, but there isn't that much of a payoff in terms mm-hmm. of what the characters are getting out of what they did. Although I didn't actually mind that they split up. Um, like I didn't have a problem with that structure. I just thought that uh, one of the storylines was – completely boring (laughs) and i did not care about it whatsoever and and another one like i liked it but it felt like it was just trying to fill time as Mm. well and was the wait we're we're doing like full spoilers here yes absolutely oh okay for some reason (laughs) i was like oh i have to talk around things yeah so I, i i like go for it i I did not care about the Wax and Wayne plot whatsoever. I thought it was really boring. Nothing seemed to be happening, and they seemed to just kind of be filling time so that the other plots could happen. Uh, and that was really frustrating. And then the Steris plotline, I liked that Steris was doing something, but it felt like it didn't matter all that much what she was doing. And it was just like we were hmm. kind of watching her do something so she was in the story instead of like it actually having really that much of an impact and like I reread at the end of Staris's uh storyline and chapters and, like there there was the payoff of like the tsunami hitting but it just didn't feel like an actual moment it, it felt like a oh okay well, we've got to like wrap this up so we can move on and that really frustrated me about Steris's plotline um there there were some other things but overall (laughs) that's my thoughts of the plot lines
2: with staris it was frustrating to me that she was split off from the rest of the group and i it it did some really good things for her character like she had a really great character Mm -hmm. arc of like growing in confidence and seeing that other people could appreciate her and her skills Mm -hmm. um so i like that for her and i I don't know i wish she had been with the rest of the group i don't know how brandon could have explored those themes for her in that setting. I also have no re like, I can't think of any logical reason why stairs would have gone to building, you know, but I wish that there had been some way to to get her there. Um, maybe pair her with Marcy during the finale. I think that Mm -hmm. would have been really fun to like, see them interact with each other. Um, just so that she was more like involved in what the rest of the group was doing. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Um, so that's just kind of where I was at with her.
3: To add the Sarah's complaint that I have is like, I really liked her character arc. I liked her growing from it. It felt like the conclusion of it, though, was someone else doing something. Like, it was the person on the ship who she thought was wax and it was actually Wayne. They're the one that saved the day in the end. And it didn't feel like it was about Steris mm-hmm. at all. So it just, that really bugged <laughs> me that someone else kind of wrapped up her plot for her.
1: I, I do agree with that and I th- but I also agree with Josh that it's kind of difficult to mm-hmm. I, I do personally do not see how he could have given Sarah a plot which I'm like, I'm very thankful mm-hmm. for that that we finally get some Sarah's POVs and she actually does mm-hmm. something in the books but yeah I definitely also agree that like her actual conclusion is very much like she does all the preparations and everything but then the execution of the plan. She has some hand in that, but it's still like others doing are doing the actual protecting and the actual, like Wayne is doing the one who saves the day in the end, as you said. So uh, I can definitely see where I'm coming from there. And I would have liked something else for her as well, but I just, like Josh said, I don't necessarily see, necessarily see how we could have gotten that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But yeah I, yeah, I would have liked to see, oh, so going into this book, I expected to see her Stay with us for wax to stay with her, like that. that was, I remember in the last previous year. That's basically how we were seeing it going, and so I personally was very surprised, like structure-wise, that we did see wax and Wayne joining up again and like doing their thing. And I do mm-hmm. agree with you, just that it was kind of boring at points, and like that, that when they had their own personalized villains that they fight again, I really didn't care so much about that so yeah it's, it's an odd one and I, I I'm not sure if like wax staring with staying with Staris would have helped any at all because then it would like have been wax doing all the stuff and stairs being ignored by all the politicians so I like I don't have a fix or anything for this but yeah this is like sort of how I felt about the plot that I really enjoyed Marasi's plot and all the ghostbud things of course But her end is what I have issues with, but we can get to that later on, I think.
4: And I think that part of the problem with this book is that looking at it from a writer's perspective, I can identify the problems, but I don't know how we're supposed to solve them. Great that Cerys had an amazing character arc, but well, then the ending there was a bit disappointing because of what all you guys have been saying. But I don't see any way of fixing that, like, how could she have that character arc? And also, well, what would have the city done if Steris had gone with Marasi, for example? Or with Wax. Mm-hmm. And then what you're bring up if well if Wax stayed with Starrus, then you lose the opportunity for the character arc again. And I think the real problem with this book is that it had too much to do for the space it had, even if it was 50% longer than Alloy. It had so much to do, and pl- that plus all the Cosmere stuff. It is never going to be able to wrap up everything perfectly.
2: I I think I think you're right. I think that um, like part of me wants to like think like oh I can take all these things and like rearrange them in some way that like makes a tighter book. But I think probably to what the real kind of underlying issue is with that is that Era Two sort of ballooned in this book at least into something a lot bigger than what it started as, and it's almost like brandon like couldn't have like done everything in one book bring it all together there's still other things that that fans are probably thinking like oh i wish we had dealt with the Skadrians, the southern skedrians more i wish we had mm-hmm. dealt with whatever happened to the bands of Mourning more you know and like it's already so big and like the only like way to fix it almost is to like not have stairs povs mm-hmm. at all you know which like we would have been upset mm-hmm. if that happened too yeah um so
0: it's actually really interesting listening to you guys saying that um you were, didn't like the Wax and Wayne parts as much and you liked the Maracy parts more and you didn't like the Starris parts because it's the complete opposite for me. <laughs> um, I adored the Wax and Wayne parts. I was actually in the previews. I was thinking, oh, it's going to be a Wayne and Marisy book. And mm-hmm. it wasn't. It went back to Wax and Wayne, which is really nice because they play off of each other so well. And they're, you know, for an ending for Wayne. Spoilers.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um for an ending for him, it was good that he was there with his one good friend. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. So I was yeah. very happy with that. And with Staris, so there were a lot of theories that, oh, Staris is an atium misting, or Staris is going to do this or use the bands or something. Um, I'm actually really glad that Staris had mm-hmm. a, a normal <laughs> plot line. Like she with, that was that's her skills, her natural gifts are in planning and, um, you know, delegating and everything. So she's, I feel like her story was very good for her. I, I do agree that the ending of her storyline was a little sad because she kind of downplayed her role in saving the city Um, because she's like, oh, well, it wasn't that bad of a tsunami or whatever. But, I mean, that was because of her. She, she evacuated that part. She scuttled the ships and she kind of, she came into her own in this book, which was really nice. And I feel like it really fits the theme that I read of acceptance of someone's own abilities. Um, mm-hmm. So that was just my two cents about Staris and <laughs>
3: the rest of the plot lines. I just had a thought regarding Staris Cause I think for me, if, if the tsunami hitting Elendel had been like an actual big scene and like being this uh like it being the worry that it was presented as and that's how we saw it i think that would have helped a bit for me Mm -hmm. instead of it just kind of happening and then moving on but Mm -hmm. i just had the thought if we had had a pov from some random person like right near the end who's like trying to get out and like Mm -hmm. then running into steris's plans and that helps them escape the tsunami i think that would have really helped Mm -hmm. Just uh, kind of wrap it no, up you're a little right. bit. Yeah. And then we're, we're seeing the results of what she's doing instead of yeah. just kind of knowing that she's doing stuff but not seeing that on screen. And Brandon does put random POVs and things like mm-hmm. the Aiden chapter in For The Muppet <laughs> well, You He put all it on in this didn't like.
5: well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: The guy on the
3: ship. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 I forgot yeah. about him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was not very memorable, so... Yes. yes. I wanted to transition to talking about the book as a whole within this series because Joff mm. touched on a couple of things before that are basically why this book didn't work for me from the get-go and it ties into what Veronica was saying about how there's just so much in it and that it do- there's too much in it for it to wrap up. The problem that I had is I do not think that this book actually deals with the expectations that it set up in the other books and there was a lot of things that coming out of bands I was like oh we're gonna deal with the southerners and we're gonna Mm -hmm. like deal with the basin war and we don't we really (laughs) don't the southerners very much have been like kind of pushed to the side as like this is an era three thing like come back later and even the the civil war in the Basin nothing's happened really in six years and i have another rant that can go off of that but i will hold it for later um like nothing's really happened between illindale and the outer cities that i would have thought after the point of tension that they were at at the ends of, Band of bands of mourning like they looked like they were on the verge of war mm-hmm. and then there's just nothing and then this book it does sort of tie into the civil war But it's not about the Civil War. It's about Telson. It's about the set. And they do play a role in the wider politics of the Basin. But but this book isn't really exploring that or following that Mm -hmm. part of the story. It it really is just focused on, well, we have to stop the set, and then that will affect the Basin. But it really felt like the Basin was going to go to war regardless of whether the set was there or not when like Bands of mourning finished. So there's just some really big plot points that were left at the end of Bands of Morning that this book does not look at at all. And these seem like really, particularly the Civil War, like that's really relevant to Era 2, right? Like if we jump forward 80 years, are we just going to hear about the outcome and not see it even though we were in the middle of it? That Those things really frustrate me. And the more I read of the book and the further I got through the more disappointed I felt because it became clearer that the book was not going to follow up on what I felt it promised in book three. And that made it really hard to enjoy the book that we got because it's not the book that I thought we were getting. And then there's the whole, the lost metal stuff on top of that. But <laughs> I, care. I care less about like Alamancy and metal and stuff. So I care, I care about like the, the bigger plot points and characters I
0: I do see what you're saying about the disappointment of it because there were some points that I did feel disappointment about like um they they brought up this bands of mourning plot point about how it was drained and then (sighs) never really did anything with it and that felt like extra and so that was kind of frustrating to me but um I'm not I wouldn't call myself the most like critical reader so I still found enjoyment in reading the whole book at you know, Wax and Wayne and um, this one plot point of them um, versus Telson slash Trell. Um, So I feel like that main plot did carry the book along and it was very enjoyable to read. And in the back of my mind, I just had a little bit of disappointment in not seeing the Malwish, not seeing uh, more kind of lost metal-y things that I wanted to see.
2: So I actually, I was actually happy with the way that the, uh, the basin politics was handled. Um, I, I guess I, I liked wax being a part of kind of like becoming more of a politician and trying to kind of mediate that and, and, and bring some kind of reconciliation there. And I felt like in his epilogue, I was pleased enough with with how that wrapped up. I guess maybe I was never super invested in it to begin with and so the way mm-hmm. the way it did wrap up I was I was pleased with. The mm-hmm. the Southerners I was a little bit disappointed by, but I think I'm realizing that Era 2 was always it was not a planned era in this mm-hmm. one and I think that in my mind like when it turned into a, a full sized era in some sense, I sort of imagined that I gave it maybe equal status to the other ones. And I think maybe in Brandon's mind, it's always been more of an mm-hmm. interlude kind of era. And so I think that I probably need to go back and like read the whole thing maybe with that in mind, that this is not trying to be a complete story in the sense that the other three kind of mainline eras are, but it's it's kind of trying to be just kind of do something fun in between. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think that might Changed my perspective. I think that's just kind of my expectations that were maybe were misplaced.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was so much setup for Euro three done here. Euro one never had to deal with that, because then I was like, okay, well, there's some things that I'm gonna have to squeeze in and reorganize for era three, like from era one, and then era two happened, and he had to change that. and that's where good history came from, and that's where like the whole uh, set thing came from. Era one never had to deal with. Having a lot of setup, all you one had to do was conclude the plotlines uh, satisfactorily, and it did that.
3: There's this just so had so much work plot to plot do. <laughs> mm-hmm. can,
2: can I say? Oh, many of them. I am really, I really, really, really want Secret History two <laughs> of Kelsier in the South. <laughs> oh, yes, after this please, book. yes. Like I've always please. wanted that, but now I really want that. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm just to fill in the gaps
2: of Malish
0: mm-hmm. stuff that we were missing out on.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, it, 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 partly that, partly like wanting filled, filled the gaps filled in and partly like, it was so much fun seeing Kelsey mm-hmm. again. And I just yeah. like, mm-hmm.
1: it really kind of stoked that fire for me. So I, I tempered my expectations from the get go for the suns because I don't know the way Brendan talked about it before. I never felt like we would see much of them. I do agree with the civil war thing that we never really saw that become anything and, I did feel like the the, the offhand remark at the end in the epilogue, like, oh, they kind of dealt with it and built up a new assembly or something. I do not recall exactly what it was. And that, like, now they're on to dealing with people in the roughs trying to form their own nations and whatever. That didn't feel quite satisfactory to me, but I guess at least could explain it away to me in my head that like the set was really the main driving force between uh, or there to sort of force a rift between the like outer cities and the base or like Elendal. And now that the set or at least the leadership of the set isn't there anymore to do that, maybe that's why it sort of fizzled out. Uh, I don't know. But um, what I do really like is how we now got all that set up for regarding the suddenness mm-hmm. i really feel like cold war is what we are going to see like yes. in era three like we have the sector they basically have nuclear weapons that they mm-hmm. both can use against each other more or less they sort of are on the check ballistic missiles so it it really feels like also with the 1980s era and everything that uh, era three mm-hmm. will be i do really think that is mm-hmm. where we are going and something that a plot point from of Law that was actually concluded mm-hmm. in this one is the community and what happened to the kidnapped girls. Yes. And that They're is women. something I really like that we finally got some answers to that. Mm-hmm. And it was not a bad answer, I think. Like uh, these sort of like that the set mm-hmm. put on a hoax that uh, the world had already ended and everything. I really liked that as an idea. So that I was quite satisfied with. That
2: was uh, that was like a way more fun like I don't know idea of like what they were doing with those kidnapped yeah. people than yeah. I expected.
0: It it took a little bit of suspension of disbelief for me. If you think about these people, they're not dumb people that they kidnapped, so they can look mm. out of this window and see this like flickering video being played out of the porthole or whatever.
2: Yeah, but but uh, cameras didn't cameras didn't even exist before like at the mm-hmm. time they were captured because they, were they captured. wasn't yeah it wasn't until mm-hmm. like. Um, uh, bands of Mourning, I think. Yeah, yeah. that um, um, vendel came in with like his like projector. It's so, like that was like a new thing to them, mm-hmm. um, and so I, in my mind, at least, it makes sense that like they they just have no concept of that kind of technology.
3: Mm-hmm. I really liked the uh, the ash falling and that whole mystery of mm-hmm. what it was. I thought that was going to be a bigger thing, though. Like when we found out what it was, I was like, that's cool. But then we just moved on from it. And I don't know. I just, I had this idea that it was going to be like this bigger thing, but it was really cool. And it is interesting to see the changes in technology and how that is affecting people.
2: For a for a brief moment there, I thought that they were gonna like they were using like ATM somehow to like uh-huh. see the future of yeah. the world.
0: Like they were developing the
2: photos. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was I was a little bit disappointed that they weren't actually like seeing uh-huh. the future somehow. But uh, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Like if you I I'll have to share this in the uh, Discord with everyone because these are like private directions. But there were a couple of times that I wrote uh, that like, okay. Are they actually using fortune as in capital F, fortune from the Cosmere, this thing Coin uses (laughs) to know where to be? Mm. And then I was like, oh, well, that's not what it is. This is fun. But I genuinely thought it was, uh, they had access to this thing that is canon and so is possible. I was like, how are they doing this? But I thought that the solution disappointed me because I was like, oh, this is completely unexpected, but really cool just nothing like i thought it was gonna be
3: i think a lot of us like we're so steeped in the cosmere and so Mm -hmm. steeped in the magic that when there's a mystery like this we assume that there is a magical solution (laughs) to it or like that that is the reason behind it so to have like a mundane like real world solution it's like oh i mean that's cool but it's a little bit of a letdown (laughs) But it is cool. I,
2: I, and I but I was like I was happy with what happened with the mm-hmm. community. Yeah, same. I was it was pretty chilling when she got in there and you realized what was happening. Um yeah, yep. I I, I like that.
0: When they stumbled upon that experiment that they were doing with the spikes um through like yes. normal just regular people normal right? People. I mean people who yeah. were were specifically chosen because they're from Alamantic and I guess just Specific lines, but uh, they were able to pull what five percent <laughs> of the spikes was, was it five percent of the something spikes something
1: like that? Uh, some friction something like that, and
0: they were able to just
3: pull like pure investiture. Was it? <laughs> yeah, that was creepy. I actually got the impression that at that point, the people that they were pulling it from weren't even from known elementic lines, and they mm-hmm. were just yeah. pulling, yeah. Part of it from and like the people because they have like the investment from how they were created. Mm-hmm. Which is terrifying. Yes, Yes, it's very very, terrifying.
0: Very scary. Um, But it's an interesting thing because it's almost like a little behind the scenes nod that Brandon gave the reader that Mm -hmm. there's lots of developments happening in this era. Because we see the big technological advancements like cars and rockets and guns and all of that. But they're also experimenting magic stuff Mm -hmm. so um, that's really exciting because I want to
3: see where that leads to later on one of the cool magic technology I don't know if this was meant to be like a metaphor similarity thing but it jumped out to me because like the technology is getting better and the magic is mixing with the technology and in this we get an artificial perpendicularity which just Mm -hmm. seems very similar in the sense that like in, in Stormlight we see the natural ones and yes, Dalinar can call on a perpendicularity and uh, I think Brandon's confirmed that like else callers and that create like mini perpendicularities Mm -hmm. but that all seems like a natural progression of the magic Mm -hmm. whereas this was a completely artificial creation Mm -hmm. of the magic using something else and it just fits so well for me because they have this forward movement with technology and this just seemed like the same thing but on the magic side.
0: And at the end, when Kelsier is talking to Harmony about you need to push people to work more on technology and to discover things. And, and Harmony is like, no, I, I can't. I can't interfere. Yeah. Um, it just shows like kind of human ingenuity in like we're just curious yeah. people. So we, mm-hmm. we experiment and we learn and we do some Unfortunately, they do some unsavory things with with these experiments. So, um, it's very it felt very natural to to
4: see this. It is going to be very interesting for the for year three because it's kind of like Cold War based, and so much of the technological development around that time <laughs> happened because of the first and second world wars. And so, what is going to take their place for Scadrial? What is going to push them to develop? the things that were developed in the real world, or, well, Magitech equivalents that will take them to that Cold War. Yeah, I don't know. I am very curious about how the technology is going to work uh, in era three. And it's going to take a while to find out, but it's going to be very interesting.
3: In terms of the, uh, the hemology laboratory plot, there is one thing about it. Like, I think it's really cool. I really like the scene. There's one thing about it that bugs me. There's a diary that gets sort of destroyed. Uh. And Moonlight's like, it's fine, guys. I have the magical reversal stamp that can fix it. And then nothing happens with mm-hmm. it. Well, and well, I mean, she I'm just leaves. Like, is she coming <laughs> back? Like are we gonna get more from this? Cause at least a lot of the other open plot lines might Okay, this is set up for Era 3. I don't know how that's setting up for Era 3, I guess.
0: Well, this actually is a good segue into discussing the ghost bloods themselves. Yes. yes. Um and our outworlders which we see a whole mm-hmm. bunch of new characters Ooh. and abilities and mm-hmm. some familiar faces coming back. Uh what do you guys think about the whole ghost bloods plot line? Yes.
1: I loved well, it. I did not expect to like the ghost plots after this book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after all, we've had with them on Rosha yeah. and race and yetil like they didn't seem like the nicest people. <clears throat> But now that we also know that sort of their real, like their main mission is to protect Schedule, it's understandable that they would be much more protective and like nice on Schedule, while on Rosha, that that's like foreign territory for them. They have to, they act or they don't have to care as much about the people there. So yeah, I, I was surprised to like them. And I mean, all the Cosmic stuff we got was just fantastic. Twin Souls is great. All the lunches references, <laughs> Cell references. And we have Shy, we have k we have a reference to Alien. Uh, they have all the things so i really really mm-hmm. loved that part <laughs>
0: uh, the ghost Bloods. so we have kelsier of course which is really cool that we got to see our era 2 character talking to kelsier mm-hmm. which i just loved mm-hmm. that um we Amazing. have moonlight who is Shai shay
5: Shai
0: shay in Shai
3: <laughs> 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 Congratulations! I mean, you just made the comments go wild. <laughs> so uh,
0: we have Moonlight. We have Twin Soul, who is a standout character in my yes. eyes. I just <laughs> adored Twin Soul. Um, there was also um, Code Names are Stupid. is <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Um, a little sad we didn't get more Code Names. And then um, who who are some others? Oh, she was. Um-
3: K's from Kays. Mm-hmm. as
4: yeah. well. Right. However right. you pronounce from that they yeah.
0: <laughs> I try, but it's not easy. And, and then at the very end, we see um, we also have DeLaval, who is um, someone with a mask on, their face kind of growing over the mask, very similar to someone that we know from Stormlight. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'll just say it how I say it in my head. Ayatil? I- I- Ayatil? Mm-hmm. I- <laughs> Seattle. Sure. <laughs> um, that's the only one actually in the ghost floods who seemed a little bit more sinister than mm-hmm. anyone else so that was kind of interesting because he's like we need to get rid of Marcy," and i was like mm, no
5: <laughs> yeah. um
0: so these are very very interesting people and for people who haven't read the greater <laughs> cosmere um i think it was done really well because yeah. i was reading alongside my husband who has not really read a lot of the other Cosmere books and he was enjoying it just as much as I was. And I had all of the background info for the Easter eggs. So um, I think it was, it was handled very well.
2: I I really loved like the introduction to um, especially (laughs) twin soul where like we're getting a character who has this kind of magic we've never seen before. um, And from a world we've never seen, like, this is all completely fresh, to Whether you've read the Cosmere or not, whether mm-hmm. whether you've read other Cosmere books or not. And so I think that like that kind of demonstrates mm-hmm. the way that like, like this is how, you know, Shay may not be as foreign, it may not be as like, you know, weird and and otherworldly as, as him, if you have read the rest of the Cosmere, you know, but it's kind of gives you a sense of like what it, that looks like if you haven't read everything. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm making sense, but um, I I think that Brandon handles it really well. Mm -hmm. Like explaining the things you need to know and the things that you don't know are not like, are not points that you're going to stumble on. They're just Mm. mystery. You know, there's something interesting, something to look forward to, um, something to wonder about.
3: Brandon's done very well at making this an introduction point for those connections, instead of it seeming like you need to, Know things to understand them because mm-hmm. you can go from this book and you're like, wow, Moonlight's great. Where do I find more Moonlight? And then read Emperor's Soul, and I think
4: that's gonna work perfectly fine. Yeah, and I I think that that's balance between, um, like the Easter eggs and that knowledge that people already have, and being an introduction was done really well, even if this is Brandon, gl- the gloves are off Sanderson. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because this book was insanity in terms of the Cosmere. There is so much.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: But it still works as an introductory point. I guess those people are going to be a bit more confused. And I really wish we could like talk to s- some more people who are Mistborn-only readers who haven't read anything at all except Mistborn in the Cosmere, Brandon manages to explain the things that need to be explained easily, like shy stamps. Yes, he goes more mm-hmm. into detail in Emperor's like, oh, well, this is how the process for carving stamps works, etc., etc. But here he's like, okay, these stamps have the ability to do this, and he sets the rules, the limitations that they have. Mm-hmm. Without... And leaves the mystery of well how they work the mechanics behind them for Emperor Soul and things like that and I really like that comparison we have between the elements we already knew of the Cosmere and then the new things with Twin Soul and the Aethers that who, people who haven't read Aether of Nights wouldn't know and even people who have read Aether of Nights they've Brandon has changed yeah a lot yeah it has changed so it, it's it's new for everybody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and I think the fact that we see it all from Maracy's perspective who is a Mm -hmm. detective and um, also a schedule native which is what our perspective is as a reader Um, it's really nice and I got a big chuckle out of her and uh, Moonlight talking about how oh so that's not magic Mm -hmm. but this is (laughs) and she's like well yeah if you ingest this metal this is what happens that's just the normal physics (laughs) like this is an understood thing so um, it was really nice to see that and and have brandon kind of acknowledged that
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> i kind of liked when marasi first went to this ghost blood like hideout and when Princess gets introduced and i really <laughs> liked how brandon sort of wrapped it in yeah he, he has these magic powers because like he makes his pen with the with the rose side he, he builds a whole mm-hmm. chair with the rose side he has this cup that he builds with the rose like mm-hmm. he, constantly is using his powers like see, see, there's there's something you're not mm-hmm. underst- or you don't understand yet going on there and um, mm-hmm. i and I just in general mm-hmm. like the scene like all these like really offended remarks from the ghost plots themselves like i know the, there's an identity lock on something or it's an awakened lock or an awake mm-hmm. lock i think is what mm-hmm. um, shell ends up calling it and i do think that it's like like these are things that even to us are like we understand the terms but we really don't understand the mechanics behind them either and so somebody who hasn't read all the cosmere is sort of like not quite at the same level as we are in understanding these but like not that far behind because it's all new to us too mm-hmm. and yeah seeing it all so interconnected is, is new to us as well so i don't think it it is that different in that regard at least
3: i think that brandon did very well uh with a bit, basically making like showing twin souls magic versus showing Moonlight's magic. He's kind of set them up in the same way. So like most of us have, have no idea about atheism. We're like, wow, look at this cool thing that we'll learn more about later. And I think Brianna did very well at doing the same thing with um, the stamps and the Sellish mm-hmm. magic. And it comes across as, mm-hmm. wow, look at this cool thing that you can learn more about later. <laughs> Um so Twin Soul,
0: since he's kind of new to everybody really, mm-hmm. um he has what a symbiotic relationship with this thing, Silajana? Mm-hmm. And Silajana is the crystal. Is that what it, what it is? That's the, yeah. so,
4: the um, there Um these things called like the primal aethers that are where the like smaller aethers that people have come from and I mean, he has this whole philosophy and kind of feels almost like a religion about mm-hmm. silajana. But his aether is like a bud of that. That's how they call it. It's mm. this like yep. separate like part that comes from silajana. but his aether... It isn't like a spren where each spren has its name and each... Like if we see other aether bound in the future, they will say, Oh, well, my aether is... Um, whatever. Like spread like syl and pattern, they're like no, they're all connected through their aethers to John, At least the ones oh, that have okay. a connection to uh, roseite. Also, correct me if I ever if I ever say amberite right, because that's <laughs> yes. my default that I haven't switched
0: from the unpublished <laughs> aether yeah. or aether of mine. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, I, I don't think that his local. Bud that he has on him is like a its own sentient thing. I think mm. it's literally just a connection mm-hmm. to the to the to the, uh, the primal ether. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I thought that was I don't. He's pretty. He's pretty fascinating. It's mm-hmm. a really cool culture. It's a really cool magic. Uh, but also I'm excited in, to see more.
1: Yeah, in a way, and it does appear to be like. No, well, not sentient or whatever, but like it has senses over the But so like mm-hmm. re- when we because he uses the crystal and grow to like spy on things. So sort of it's really an extension of Silajana, in a way. Um, to their mm-hmm. senses, it it reads to me like a hive mind. Basically, is what it is. And yeah,
3: it reminds me of Autonomy because Autonomy has all mm. of these okay. um,
0: mm-hmm. avatars.
3: Avatars. I was thinking vessels, but that was the right <laughs> word. Like has all of these avatars that are kind of like. Butted off from autonomy, but still our autonomy. Mm-hmm. And it's just a
4: very similar relationship that just jumped to mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're gonna have to write this down because I need <laughs> to bring this theory up on Aethercast <laughs> yeah. for that happen.
0: You're welcome. Yeah, I have a crazy theory that I brought up to my husband like late at night. I was like, I bet Adenalsium is an aether. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> because <laughs> I've seen like I can see all of these different things that are similar to stuff that we see in the other different magic systems um, and the whole idea of crystals and shards and things. It just really felt like it to me. So um, when he was mentioning that the aethers predate the shattering of um, that kind of put that little thought in my head. <laughs>
2: Um. So I did, I guess, just to back up to the Ghostbuzz in general, Um. I really like that Brandon gave us all these really sympathetic characters. Like, obviously, yes. uh, whatever his name was, um, like he's kind of he's he's a pretty sketchy guy. Right. But the mm-hmm. others are all really lovable. We have mm-hmm. code names who we've seen before. She's really lovable. She continues to be that here. Moonlight is maybe a little bit more, you know, um uh, secretive but but we've seen her before she's been a protagonist we she's pretty endearing and Twinsel is the most endearing person ever um and so i I like that the ghostbloods are not like they're obviously doing some things that are questionable that are you know are not like you know morally they're not white knights um they've got kelsey Mm -hmm. at their head and um and I'm, I'm glad that Kelsier is not just full-on psychopath, like he's doing mm-hmm. crazy stuff. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's trying to do something that he thinks is right. He's trying to protect his home planet with Sazed clearly, you know, being unstable. And I, I think that he's just trying to do his best and and maybe doing some things that are questionable. And, and I like that the Ghostbloods are interesting in that way, that they're not just kind of put into this corner as antagonists mm-hmm. in the Cosmere.
3: We had a conversation once on one of these uh, span reads. I don't know if it was uh Secret History or one of the other ones. We were talking about Kelsier and, and his crews, basically, and how Kelsier works better when he has a group of people with him. And I think it goes the other way as well. Like it's very interesting seeing the difference between the Ghostbloods on Schedule versus Rushar. And the Schedule ones really have kind of mimicked that Era One crew vibe almost mm-hmm. where Kelsier does kind of keep them in line, but he also is affected by they are as well, and it also kind of reminds me of Era One. We love the crew; they're great. They're terrible people. Like a different story from a different perspective. They are the villains. They're not good people. But the difference that perspective can have, where we're seeing kind of from the inside of the Ghost Bloods out when Marisai is joining them, versus like Shallan's view of the Ghost Bloods and it being very outside in and not. Mm -hmm. seeing a lot of the internal connections as well. But I think the fact that Kelsier is actually at the head of this group in the Ghostbloods is very telling of, like, what he is after versus what other people are kind of doing uh, in his name, almost.
4: And again, it comes back to this uh, comparison Brandon has always done between Kelsier and his crews, like, within the Ghostbloods and the way... um Tor worked when Tom Doherty was at its head versus after his retirement. Though he could like rein editors in a little bit before. And now it's more about each editor does like their own thing. And I think um, Josh,
0: Joshua put a good point ahead that Calcier's goal is to protect... Scadriel, and we're seeing the Ghost Ghostbloods acting to protect Scadriel directly. Like, this is their prime directive. So um, they're, of course, going to be friendly with the locals. They're going to be helping them protect their land and their planet. And they're, I mean... Willing to extend a hand to Mary, but not wanting to give her all the secrets um, mm-hmm. up front until she agrees to join them. So, I mean, there is always another secret. Um, and we don't we still don't know exactly. And I don't think I know exactly what their main goal is in protecting Scadriel. I feel like I don't know why Scadriel is so important. If anybody has enlightenment for me. I would really appreciate that, but I don't quite get it yet.
1: I think Kelsey's motivation is just like it's his home world and presumably like what we find out in Summon Archive, he's still bound to it somehow. Like he, mm-hmm. he can't leave mm-hmm. himself. So mm-hmm. he probably will do his uh, best to protect it and it's something like but that. But why
0: is but why is Moonlight so I, I was about so, to um, that, invested in this, yeah.
1: Yeah, like the, the, the motivation for like Moonlight Twin Soul, all the other non- natives like what is their motivation that is something i'm really like interested to
2: find out what i think is what i think is that more and more we're going to see like these sort of alliances being formed um between different different groups and different planets that Mm -hmm. you know as as the cosmere moves towards some kind of in-game and misborn era 4 whatever that looks like i think that it's going to be kind of people making these alliances and agreements that are mutually beneficial. So I, I think that like twin soul, I, I get the sense that there's something going on in, on his home planet. That's not good. That's not safe. He doesn't like, and he's probably thinking, Hey, if I help out this mm-hmm. guy and these guys to establish this planet, maybe I can get some allies to help go mm-hmm. back and, you know, deal with whatever's going on on my planet. And I, it's harder. I don't really know what moonlight is her. She might just like, not really care. She might just be kind of more of like a freelance. Like I don't care about my planet. These are some cool people. I like being part of what they're doing kind of a <laughs> thing, but
4: that's the vibe I got. Mm. Yeah, and she also mentioned Hoyt was a big part of why she joined the ghost Club. Like she was keeping <laughs> an eye on him. Yeah, i liked little moment. they <laughs> keeping we're an both. eye on each other, but yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. When they were both like the car drivers and like looked at each other and, like yeah, <laughs> they recognized each other. Yeah, kind of
2: bummed that we s- we've seen them fail twice now to recruit <laughs> a young woman to their yeah. <laughs> to their ranks. <laughs>
3: I'm frustrated that it happened back to back as well yeah. because the last cosmic book to come out was *Rhythm of War*, and like, I think Mar- I think Marisai made the right decision for her character. Mm-hmm. And I accept that, and I hate everything about it because it <laughs> happened right after Shalon did the same mm-hmm. thing, and th- that really frustrates me. It th- is like the constant teasing, but never giving mm-hmm. the out. Like the like, I need answers. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I need answers. I'm, I'm sure they'll be successful yeah. soon. I, because Brandon Brandon is probably aware of, okay, this has happened twice. Kind of like what he was talking about with Odium in the Stormlight. Like, he's been defeated twice. We need to change things up. So I I think they'll be successful somewhere in the near future.
0: Well, it's also the hook, like, to keep us reading and mm-hmm. to keep everybody, like, who's, who's even the tiniest bit curious about what their motivations are is... And and people who are just now getting the connections between the Cosmere, it's like a big draw when you have little mysteries that are just hinted at here and there kind of sprinkled mm-hmm. in. So
1: And I think to some extent it might just be that like this is the end of Era Two. So will Marasi even still like they might have time dilation, Shanin's going on or whatever, to stay alive longer or something like that. But like would she even still be alive? By the time we could see her actually doing ghost plot mm-hmm. stuff. And so now Shalan, maybe something happens to her in Starlight 5, who knows, that makes it, like, less interesting for her to be in the ghost plot. So Brandon is like, okay, I won't even let them join yet and instead focus on, like, having characters already in it in the organization because, mm-hmm. like, another initiation plot I'm not that interested in. Like, I don't care for that anymore, I think. unless it's, I mean, Brandon would probably manage to do it, make it very interesting. But yeah, um, I think like in future books, we're just going to see already initiated Ghostbloods do their thing. And yeah,
3: I think Shalan is also, even though she hasn't been set up to join the Ghostbloods, it really feels like she's set up to explore the Cosmere. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if like she does end up uh, going past Stormlight and into other things maybe in the future. And I can definitely see Brandon not wanting to do that twice in a row as well <laughs> and set up another character who's going to continue on in the Cosmere for, for longer uh, through the, a similar path as well. Eric has this idea, though, because uh, Marisai is running for governor or is, <laughs> is governor in the running epilogue, to, I can't remember yeah. which, uh, of, like, Marisai turning up in Era 3 as, like, the 80, 85-year-old, like, amazing mm. like governor that is yeah. like pooled Elendell and schedule through this time of war or something it would mm-hmm.
0: be fun that's, that's actually the impression that I was getting from the mm-hmm. end of the book
2: yeah, I, I imagine like meeting her like retired like she's been like president for you know several years or whatever and she's retired and like the the, you know, the protagonist having to go like yeah. meet up with her that would be I don't know that'd be really be cool
3: <laughs> <laughs> that'd be really fun mm.
1: And Max or
2: someone will be like the bias
3: <laughs> guy. That,
2: that that was such a good. It, I was skeptical, I guess, of where her plot was going, and um, I really love. Yeah, I guess the the I guess the crisis that she kind of goes through of like what am I what am I doing anymore at this point,
4: mm-hmm. and
2: um, I thought that was a really fitting conclusion for her to kind of mm-hmm. come through everything and realize what it is that's important to her, and then you know sh- strive for even greater things than you know when when this era began, she you know she just wanted to be a simple. You know, cop and uh and now she's kind of going to mm-hmm. big places to, to make make the world a better place. So that's pretty cool.
3: The through line with Marisai's character development is really nice considering like not only that did she want to become a cop and ally, but the way she was going about it of like having these grander ideas of you need to have societal change and structural change to make these things better long term. That's not something you could do as a cop that is something you could do as the governor so Mm -hmm. it really rounded out her character really well to end up in that position to do what she always wanted to do and she just had to take a bit of an interesting path to emotionally get there herself Mm -hmm. and um
0: it's really interesting with just looking at the specific characters themselves and their own personal plot line in this book in in my mind when i was reading it i felt like the main theme was accepting who you are. And so like, for example, Wax accepts himself as a father, a politician, a lawman. Wayne had to accept himself for the hurt that he did to another person. And he had to accept, you know, how how he fits into the grand puzzle of things. Um, Marcy had to accept herself as a upholder of the law and Steris even accepting herself for um, how she is and how she handles things and how that fits into her government. Um, So does anybody have any thoughts on uh, character arcs in this book?
3: Which character do we want to start with? (laughs)
0: Whatever one you would like to... Because we've I mean, already talked a little bit about Starus, yeah. yeah. We've already talked now about Maracy. Maybe we can talk a little bit about Wax's mm-hmm. um, plot
2: arc. Yeah, sure. Uh, Wax, is, Wax was probably the most frustrating character to me because I didn't. F- there were some seeds of some interesting ideas for what Brandon was doing with him, um, especially like accepting that he doesn't have to be, you know, the lawman or the senator. He can like he is bigger than, than those like defining terms. And I, and I, that was kind of late early on in the story. Um, there also also, there's also kind of a little point about Telson, like thinking about him one way and him realizing, no, I'm not the same person I've changed. But it, to me, it wax never really came together into, into something very cohesive for his character. I felt like mostly in this book, he was just sort of being wax, um, <laughs> being, being cool I mean you know the the Wax that we love you know the Wax that you know is going out to you know shoot people up and and do justice or whatever you know his own way and like he's a fun character but I felt like he was mostly just being himself and being cool Then like having like a a direction Mm -hmm. for where his his arc was going as a a character arc Mm -hmm.
4: and I think like I mean Wax didn't need to have this big character arc he already had that particularly with Shadows and Bands and mm-hmm. it's been six years besides that it It was fine for wax to take a back seat and leave the big character arcs to uh Wayne and Staris and morosney because wax has already had like most of his character, and yes, there were some tiny things that they explored in this book, but it it didn't need to be this through line in the whole plot and I'm happy with that. And I think that it's definitely going to be a topic that's going to come up on our Discord a lot because the whole Wax versus Wayne debate has been a constant. <laughs> and it comes up every single uh, Era 2 podcast we have. And I, I'm really happy where Wax ended up. And I'm glad that he didn't need to be anything beyond the Wax we know and love in this book.
2: Uh, it, it did feel like the whole book was like one giant like wax epilogue to me of like the era mm-hmm. like like he had like a three book story and like this is just like and this is <laughs> mm-hmm. now this is where he's at um which is not necessarily bad it's just kind of weird expectation wise i guess
1: so for me yeah. i really enjoyed him in during the preview chapters but he's all, all of part one but then i felt like he like when harmony when he talks to harmony and like basically is convinced to become, says it's Sword again and everything. Like, I feel he regressed a little there and mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll do it another time. Like mm-hmm. It's the third time basically he's doing it now. So, I, I, and I get where, or why Brent did that because like it is the Wax and Wayne series. Like we need to see them for one, we need to see them together and we need to see them shoot stuff up i guess this mm-hmm. is, is uh, the premise of the entire series but i think it makes sense to some extent for wax to like do that again because out of his sense of duty and everything and like he feels like that is like what he has to do but i personally would have preferred him to i don't know like try to solve problems another way for once and not become or become harmony sort in a different way. Uh, mm-hmm. It's what I have, would, would have liked. So, yeah, I think like up until the point where he decides to go to Bilming, I liked his arc and everything. And then it's sort of like, OK, we're mm-hmm. back to regular wax. And uh, yeah, so that's where I'm standing. It
0: is It is nice, though, because he did take a back seat at the end of the book because... It was Wayne's moment. He made Wayne was the hero of this story that started from the prologue all the way to the end. Um, so I think Wax had to be there for the Telson conflict, which was resolved before they went to the final showdown. Um, so I was I was happy with Wax's story. I didn't I didn't find it boring or anything. And I just loved seeing him spiked, which <laughs> I was not expecting at all and I was very excited to see. Um, and it, it, it's a little sad that we can't really see much hmm. after the, the end of the book. Like there's no like after credit scene with Wax <laughs> having this spike really, except for in the epilogue. Um, but I was I was happy. I was pleased with how Wax's story ended.
2: I do want to add um, Wax having kids. Fantastic. There's not mm-hmm. enough like parents and fantasy so yeah. Yes. For um, sure. Especially like Max needing to go potty on the the airship. <laughs>
5: yeah. As a
2: father, he was just like, "This is perfect. This is real." Um, so I, I like that. The scene where he shows up in filming that just that first scene where he makes his dramatic entrance. <laughs> um, it's kind so of good. in one hand. Maybe it's kind of cliche, but it's it was just so fun. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> Max is always gonna be dramatic, and we will love him for it.
3: <laughs> I'm it kind of works. with Josh in terms of. Uh, Wax's arc. I like that this book had a bigger role for the other characters, the other main characters. But this series has always come across to me as like Wax is the mm-hmm. main character, like mm-hmm. the central main character. And it felt like he did very little in this book. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it felt like it, it tread a lot of ground that we've done before. Like it, his arc kind of came together, like, his character, emotional art, came together at the end of Bands of Mourning, and, like, he sort of had already dealt with the question of, oh, am I a lawman, or am I this instead? Mm-hmm. Like, that that's just been a running theme, and it just felt like he had already decided that, and, yeah, I agree with Marvin that it kind of regressed <laughs> a bit when he decided to be Harmony Sword again, and it was the same angst as the last book, when he was angry at Harmony, and just didn't feel like he did stuff for like a lot of the time in bill me. He just kind of went around and killed time and sometimes ran into an obstacle, but it didn't feel like he was doing things to me. He was just kind of waiting until the end of the book because that's when you need to have the the big conflict with Telson. Mm-hmm. Um so I was I was incredibly frustrated with Max's storyline. <laughs> I I did not enjoy it whatsoever. Um, and like there are particular particular scenes I did like. Like the, the Wax and Telson talks uh were very interesting. I love that in this book there are several times where people just start monologuing and other characters like, yeah, I'm gonna uh Jump utilize this to building. my advantage. Because <laughs> like Telson starts monologuing and Wax is like, I'm a yeet out of here now <laughs> while you're not looking. And then like later Wayne starts monologuing to distract people and like keep them in a certain place for a certain amount of mm-hmm. time. So I really liked that. And I liked the um, the conflict between Wax and Telson. It just felt like it was kind of put on pause for a lot of the book because we needed mm-hmm. other things to happen for other people. And that was very frustrating when Wax is meant to be like the central main character. I did like uh, Wax's interactions with Wayne though. I mm-hmm. I did like their friendship. I do wish there was a bit more of it. But I really enjoyed how he kind of helped Wayne. And something that someone brought up in one of the comments of one of the other videos uh, that is very interesting that I had thought of, Wax is a misborn now, and he can have more kids. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they're going to get those genes and, like, that extra investiture mm-hmm. somehow, maybe? So, and, like, he's a very weak misborn, but it was just an interesting thought experiment of, like, what consequences is that actually going to have
1: Going to see the be tyrants and <laughs> the oh No, don't like. say
4: that. <laughs> I mean, again, we're heading for Cold War. We all know what happened before the Cold War.
0: <laughs> the biggest thing that I had a problem with in this book personally is the conflict that Telson started, basically. Like, I don't understand why. She felt like the only way to stand out in autonomy's eyes is by bombing a whole (laughs) city and killing all of the people that she's she's wanting to take over. Is that it just didn't sit right with me? Maybe I didn't quite get the full picture. I'm not sure, but it just felt very thin for me. She's like she's got to be pure evil if that was her plan. I mean, I know that she was involved in the whole kidnapping and breeding and stuff, and that was horrible because she mentioned that that was Edward's plan and she was kind of helping him with that. But that wasn't like technically her main goal. Her main goal was so we have autonomy coming in, shrouding over Scadriel and wanting to find someone who shows individualistic attributes is is am I on on track here yeah. with autonomy's goal? So that's that's what autonomy is all about. And so Trell is a, an aspect, or what is it, an avatar of autonomy, and invests Telson. But I feel like it's not f- explained very well.
3: Is Telson meant to be Trell? <laughs> yes. I, I was a bit yeah, yeah. I was a bit confused about that because like trell was just a different person before this book um, yes. and there was
0: this, this religion old religion of mm. trell and now telson is trell it just it kind of felt really weird to me when i was mm. trying to figure out what the big uh, motivation behind telson's whole
1: actions were so, the only way I can make sense of the entire like who's like when is it autonomy slash Bavadin? when is it trail? when it is is it Telson? The only way I can make thing of it is that at some point Beverden sent Trell the foreman as an avatar to schedule. <laughs> they invested there. And then somehow, like, just left the power behind or something. And then eventually, like, Beviden said, Okay, I need another avatar there and picked Telson as that one. But like, it's it's confusing to me. It is confusing. Yeah.
2: I think that it's meant to be very weird mm. and confusing. I think that whatever Bobbin is doing is sure. like it, it intentionally, from what Brandon is doing, I think it's intentionally very weird and complicated. Um, I, I don't think that Telson has always been Trell. I don't mm-hmm. know that a, an individual has been Trell. I think that mm-hmm. for a time, Trell was probably just an idea that Bobbin mm-hmm. was sort of furthering for the sake of being able to bestow it upon somebody to make an avatar so that mm-hmm. there's like this whole like history and, and kind of weight behind that mm-hmm. role. So I don't know. It, I would be interested to know yeah. if if Autonomy's influence on Telson was part of what drove her to go to such an extreme measure, or mm-hmm. if she had that extreme measure in mind even before autonomy's direct influence. Um, I don't remember if that's clear or not from the book. Um, I do think that she's a psychopath. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. And harbors hate for her <laughs> brother. And mm-hmm. that definitely was her big push because of this. Um, even, even from early, um, prologues and flashbacks from wax, it was always a wax versus Telson in her eyes. So, um, I get that. It's, it was just like the, the whole, all of these villains in filming are, are trying to prove themselves and they have all these mm-hmm. different ways of proving themselves. Like a had the eugenics program and Telson has this bomb and, The other guy what's his name Def. uh. this no the scumbag guy the governor Uh. of um um, (laughs) something i think entrone yes entrone right entrone gave 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 entrone so i just didn't really get it
2: (laughs) (laughs) i think all the way back to alloy of law like the set's plan was sort of to destabilize the basin to take control out of Ellendale and then kind of come in and be able to kind of restructure the power to take power themselves. And so mm-hmm. I guess I imagine at some point, Telson just decided that she had to take an extreme measure to impress autonomy enough to kind mm-hmm. of go to, to let her be in control rather than do is do her own thing.
3: Another thing that frustrates me a little bit about uh, this plot point, but also this book in a larger sense there's been a six-year time gap, and there seems to be nothing that's happened in between. Like, yes, they were dealing with, like, creating bombs and stuff, but it just felt like one story stopped, and then we fast-forwarded through to get to the start of the second story, and there wasn't actually any story in between that happened, uh, like, if it was in-world.
2: I feel like there What To me, there was. To me... Um Marcy and Wayne had a lot of development in be- in between. Um Wax kind of found his role as a senator and figured out what that looks like. The I mean I I, I one thing you mentioned, Jesse, was the uh frustration about like the development between the conflict in the basin. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe that was kind of a weird but I don't know
0: feel like everything was happening in the background in those last six years. And Brandon figured yeah. the, the main story, like Wax is a dad and Sirius <laughs> is, you know, helping him and and they're doing science and Maracy is, you know, rising up in the ranks. And um, so it's not really like something that we needed to see on page. And it was just something that he could nod back to. But now we have another, a new threat that's rising up over these six years from the background is what I got.
2: It is interesting that we had a, a time jump in *Rhythm of War*, and now he's done like another one, like, another one of these ways that these like two books are kind of mm-hmm. similar, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, people I think had the opposite issue with *Rhythm of War*, where they felt like, oh, like all this stuff happened, and I, and I'm kind of catching up, and I feel it. like yeah. I missed. Uh,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, so it's kind of funny, I guess. That.
3: Just to clarify, like I know things change, and like in this book, Wax is in a different position. Um, Mariside's in a different position and with a friendship with Wayne and stuff. But the characters feel the same. The characters don't feel like they have aged six years. It just feels like the same character from Bands of Morning in a new book. It's kind of like in a theater production, like having a scene and then you go down with the lights and you come up and the scenery's changed and things have changed. But you, there's nothing really in between. You're just jumping from one to the other. It. I don't know if that makes a little bit more sense. Like I was talking to a friend the other day who said that Brandon's books, if you read them kind of all together, they feel very samey. They don't feel like they have progress in them sometimes. The character voices are the same even though time has changed. And that and it doesn't show the change. It just kind of tells you that time has moved. Um and that this book really showed that for me. Like there was just a lot of stuff that was kind of set up at the end of Bands of Morning. Like even just little things that like oh this is different now and we see none of that we just now know the difference
1: i think to some extent that is sort of intentional that like the the characters have like they are the same as at the end of Bands of Morning, but more so, like, they are at the end of Bands of Morning, like, they have grown into the roles now, like, for instance, Moraes is, like, really a constable now, and, like, grown into the role, Wex is has taken up that senator role, has really grown into it, and so, like, the point is, sort of, that these last six years were very uneventful, and didn't cause much change in them, and, like, it's just more of the same as we saw in Bands of Morning at the end, as I think that's in a way, the point that like it, now that um, the set has has finally reached like critical mass or whatever mm-hmm. and is enacting their plans, now they need to act again and need to get out of that trot that they got into six uh, over the six years, maybe. But I can definitely see where you're coming from that it they do feel very much the same as they did at, in the last book.
0: I'll have to disagree because I do mm. feel like they all grew um and like. Marvin said they grew into their own role and you do see it in certain scenes like when they are waiting outside of the journalist's office and um, Wayne is joking around like Wayne does about or like Wayne did <laughs> um, about <laughs> going to uh, break through break in and then they can just blame it on him and stuff and then Marcy is like no no don't do that and then instead of like fighting back like Wayne would have done he just said oh, okay and then he goes and gets some um, some street food chowta um, yeah, think- <laughs> so it, you do see the growth I, f- I feel and it is sprinkled in in the scene so I,
4: I didn't have a problem with, with the time gap or um, how the characters felt afterwards out of all of them I think Wayne was the one that changed the most mm-hmm. and this was a debate we were having the other day on the server of like how some people felt that it made no sense for Wayne to do such a 180 on his feelings like about himself. And I was like, it's been six years. <laughs> and in that time, Wayne has gotten over Renette and is actually her friend now with like, the, the Those two have helped him a lot in his growth. He's been a constable for six years with Marasi, which has also helped him with that. And they finally called him out on the, all the problems people kept bringing up with him. Over the last three books, Wayne has changed the most. The other ones do feel more similar to how they were in bands. But there are these uh, subtle changes in the way they view themselves and their relationships to other people. I mean, Wax with a Senator thing and like Stairs has come more into her own, which is completed in, in this book. And Morassi's also more confident than like, I I am this constable. And she's really confident in herself, but she wasn't so much at the mm-hmm. beginning. And the, the changes aren't ginormous, but there are traces of it there. Except in Wayne's case, Wayne did a change a lot. And I was worried about that at the beginning of the book. When he made that joke to Morassi like from the preview <laughs> chapters, I was like, don't tell me, Brandon, that Wayne hasn't learned a thing in six years. <laughs> and, and, and then it was like, okay, no, he has. He actually has learned. He was just making a joke and fine, messing around with Marcy. <laughs> I don't know if I'm being clear, but I hope. No, yeah, that, yeah, that's
0: how I feel as well. I, I mean, the other, the other three books have been focused on the other characters. So of course this book is Wayne's book, I guess, um, since it started with, you know, a flashback for him. Mm -hmm. Um, So it makes sense that this book has the biggest change in Wayne's character to me. Um, So I was happy with it.
2: I want to know who of, of you guys, did any of you strongly dislike Wayne or did you like him? Where were you like at before this book with Wayne? because he's a controversial character people have different opinions i'm just curious Mm -hmm. where everybody was coming from and 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 how this book like changed that for you or if it did
0: i didn't really like wayne's humor which is a very common feeling i think um he's very Mm -hmm. over overdoes it and i do understand that that's his character and that's how he's dealing with his trauma and that's just how his brain works um but i just didn't Enjoy reading it. Um, and there were a lot of parts in this book that I did not enjoy uh reading Wayne-wise. Um, the constant poop jokes ah, yeah. were eye-rolling to me. I did not like those. I thought that I'm like, this guy is like what 39 years old or something. Like, I get that people can still have potty humor, but it's like, okay, we get it. Um, so I really didn't like that, but when Wayne was a little bit more serious, he had, his character had grown. So I, I appreciated that more. Like the scene where he's um, getting into the dead, um, was it a journalist or a photographer oh. or someone? Um, mm-hmm. He was getting into that guy's oh, yeah. head to, to kind of figure out how he died and what the people were looking for when they cleaned up his, his apartment. I really liked that because it really shows Wayne's strengths as a person who can kind of get into an, another character and um does it even better than like the chandra can so um it was nice to see that and it made me appreciate him more as a character in this book
1: so on my first reads through era two i actually fi- found him kind of funny and like did a very service level read of him and like okay yeah he's the funny sidekick and we can laugh at his jokes but on rereads i definitely also noticed how problematic all the things he thinks are and Especially like comparing his viewpoints in the earlier books uh, with this one, like uh, with Lost Metal now, they still have the same sort of energy, but you can definitely see the change then. They're a lot more uh, melancholy in a way as well. Like, I mean, he says he's dead and everything, and that is uh, that he has died, which is um, in the same, it uh, has the same sort of energy as his like temple of the common man thing when he's in that bar, but they read a lot more like like serious i guess and like he he really there has been some change in himself there and that he Mm -hmm. like comes to grips with his own like because it's very much a facade that he puts on to always be this funny guy and um tries to cope with his yeah trauma in that way and like i can definitely see the progression in lost metal where he comes to grips with that and uh, especially at that one point where um, he like opens up to the to the people to distract them, I think when it is when mm-hmm. like he talks about mm-hmm. how uh, oh, they, yeah. they they they, they like can in be yeah yeah exactly yeah I think so at not uh,
2: not no, you're talking about like at the top of the shot, yeah right um, at the top of
1: the shot yeah oh, okay. yeah the show yeah um, but yeah I think like especially that scene that was really powerful and so yeah I think I've come around to. At least liking him again. And I like, I think he had a good ending, all <laughs> things considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: I was never the biggest fan of Wayne. Again, a lot of his humor didn't land for me. I didn't like the way he tra- treated women, the Renette, etc. There were things with his character that in the other books I felt had a ton of potential, but that Brandon was kind of ignoring because the funny sidekick character and all like that humor thing. And I think that this book, while yes, I still have like my problems with Wayne, and he has some like problematic aspects. He's definitely grown since then, and that let me enjoy his POVs and like, his arc a lot more in this book than I had previously. And I think that like this character arc, like this book of like realizing his role and coming to terms with what he did and figuring out better ways to deal. With those things, like, okay, I'm not going to do uh, the visits to Aleandre in person anymore. And all these things um, made for a really great character arc. And I really liked where he ended. And that doesn't mean Wayne is a person like without flaw. That doesn't mean he's perfect now. But I liked that progression and how he changed in um, this book. And I think it was really well done. Even if there are some jokes, it's still on me, like, blowing my eye. He has some good political burns in the first couple of chapters as well.
3: I really like Dwayne's character, and I really like Dwayne in this book. I really liked Wayne before this book. I have always found him quite funny, and I have enjoyed reading his banter and, like, when he comes on screen with other people. I was, I'm also deeply aware of how problematic he is as a person, and my worry before this book has always been whether the problematic aspects of Wayne were deliberately put in to make him a problematic character or if they were subconsciously added as like a people often don't understand that these things can be problematic in real life. And mm-hmm. it's like the subconscious bias that can be put into something um particularly when there's humor involved and like trying to make things funny and it involves like making x person the butt of a joke and what the difference between doing that deliberately to say this character is problematic and not doing it deliberately is just that that was a problem for me this book showed that it was deliberate that like brandon <laughs> was well aware of the problems with wayne and like Was going to address them, and I loved, loved, loved the scene in the diner with uh Renette and her girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she's just like, No, Wayne, like, you can't keep doing this, you're making this about you. And there's everything, yes, that like I wanted in Mm -hmm. this book for Wayne, like, Mm -hmm. I I just wanted things like that resolved, and I loved how it was done. Um, I really enjoyed Wayne in pretty much all of this book. There was a point in this book that I didn't like with Wayne where there's talk about him burning down a school, <laughs> yeah. and there's just like very little details about it. And I'm like, I don't know if I could just like gloss over that and move on it without an evil school, yeah. any <laughs> more context. Yeah. They,
0: they didn't uh, mention that it was uh, like a a school that even Wax was like, oh no, that that was okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wax was like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah th-
3: that's
2: cool. They deserve to be burned down. <laughs> I, that, but yeah, uh,
3: but we don't know more yeah. than that, and yeah. that, that's right. that's kind of what I wanted a little bit more of. Um, <laughs> it's like, okay, cool, you think it should be burnt down, but why? What? What happened mm-hmm. anyway? So that that was probably like one of mm-hmm. the big things that really stood out to me that I didn't like with Wayne. His his death scene was fine; it did not really impact me in the way that death scenes for characters i like normally impact me Are you serious <laughs> yeah no i <laughs> I, was like, I think i was kind of expecting it with the way mm-hmm. that this book was set up oh, and the yeah. focus on wayne i'm like yeah wayne's probably gonna die yes. and yeah I, I did enjoy the reversal of like pushing wax of uh, the boat and mm-hmm. it's like okay no this is my show now i'm gonna mm-hmm. be the one to save the day and, yeah, I, I did enjoy that. But, yeah, it just didn't have the yeah. impact that other deaths have had on me. But I, I really enjoyed Wayne in this book. I
4: I think it was really well done. Speaking of the death scene, I thought it was going to be Marossi at first. I thought there was going to be a repeat, like, um, uh, Well of Ascension thing, mm-hmm. where, like, she took up all the power and then had to use it. And that had its consequences. And then I was like, okay, no, that's not her plan. And then I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, Wayne.
0: I definitely predicted the Wayne death when he started referencing his mom's story as mm. they were traveling to Bilming or traveling through Bilming um talking about the ca- canyon or cavern or something um that's when I was like oh he's the hero So um, I didn't predict it in like lost previews or anything. Um, I know people mentioned, oh, I bet it's Wayne, like in a jokey way. Um, So I was aware of that theory, but uh, I was like, I don't know. I mean, it could be anybody really. It could be Wax or anyone. So um, I, I think the Wayne arc here worked really, really well Um, because mm-hmm. he's putting himself in this story that his mom told as a character, which is Wayne in a nutshell. And at the end, when he's going to the beyond, he has, you know, a little pun. Um, I did the biggest explosion. Um, It, it was just like a perfect ending for Wayne. Right. And I couldn't have asked for better. I, th-
2: mm-hmm. I think my favorite single moment in the book was that last, the last line where it quotes like his mom's uh, his mom like reads like a, <laughs> says a bit of poetry about you know the stars and endless things and mm-hmm. like using that line when Wayne, like oh gosh, oh, that got me. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yep.
3: Yeah. 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 I had a little tear in my eye. Like, <laughs> Definitely being able to get that that after scene after the death where he's talking to Harmony, like it just mm-hmm. adds so much. It's it's like the other after death scenes that Brandon's mm-hmm. done. Like Ish and I is the other one that really <laughs> jumps to I my mean, feet. It's like it just rounds out and closes out the character. So. Well. Mm-hmm. I I actually forgot to mention but you you brought it up so, so I remembered. I actually really disliked the connection to the story <laughs> that his mom told. Like it just felt really clunky and really forced to me. I I just kind of wished that wasn't there, but everything else he does was there.
2: I I liked it because Wayne has always like in his in his chapters in previous books, he has these like little like weird like this wayne quirk where he's like seeing the world in some weird way like in shadows Mm -hmm. of self he's like in the bar but he's like pretending it's like a church or whatever so -hmm. he like does that and so i it was kind of fun for me that like with this being like sort of wayne's book in a sense that it was like a thing that spanned the entire book that he was kind of doing that with and i i liked i guess how it played into like him being the hero but Mm -hmm.
0: All right, so we we talked a lot about Wax, we talked a lot about Wayne, and then earlier we did talk about Steris but let's kind of pivot into Marisi's plotline. She had some interesting things with the Bloods, of course, but we also have her struggle against these incoming forces. Does anybody have thoughts about her
3: plotline? I have thoughts about the incoming forces. <laughs> uh, I am convinced absolutely convinced that they are the Iriali. Just the description that was given for what they look like, it sounds exactly like the Iriali, and I will fight people on this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how do you think that the Iriali, like factor into autonomy as plans? <laughs> yeah, that's it's what really I'm curious interesting,
3: because like, I think up to this point, at least I've always thought of the Iriali as one group that stays as one group. But what if they're not actually one group that stays as one group? They're one group that has split into different groups, which is fairly common with the way society is kind of set up, right, and countries are set up. And I could see this being, like, a section of the Eerie Alley, or maybe, just, I don't know, this is this is after Stormlight 5, so Odium has Erie mm-hmm. as an ally, on yep. Roshar for their conflict, so he very much could be, like, I don't know, loaning them out to autonomy <laughs> or something,
4: but oh, I don't know, I'm just convinced that it
3: is the Eerie, hmm. uh, the Eerie Ali.
2: Something about their description made me skeptical of that, and I, I, don't, yeah. I can't pin quite what it was. <laughs> it, it it could be, I, I just kind of am stuck nope. in this, who knows.
1: Touching by their red eyes, at least, I think it's, like, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they're not there willingly. Like they are controlled mm. by autonomy, and mm-hmm. but I could definitely see it being the reality with like the metallic golden skin. I mean, it's the first thing you sort of I, I at least went to, like, you okay, know. it might be the reality uh, because th- those are people that we have fitting this situation. Because I don't think it's like um Keenspren or whatever, like, yeah, uh, <laughs> like I don't think it's that so. I'm at yeah. least sort of opposed to the idea of them being a somehow being controlled or maybe even on board with, with autonomy.
4: Like, I do agree that it's likely that they're the reality, but I think there's something else going on that we don't know about. Maybe Odium, maybe more with autonomy. There is something else because, yeah, they have been described as like aloof and with all these beliefs, but I couldn't, like before this, I would have never imagined that they would go to these lengths. I can't put my finger on it, but there has to be something else going on with them. and I'm really, really curious to find what that's about and like to learn more about the reality culture and their people and this thing that they have with the lands and the places they've traveled. See how like the reality present in different moments we encounter them um i i just want to like because i had to go back to the book and
0: read um their description so this is really close to the end it's like i don't know what chapter it is but um this is when Marcy's down at the pool and she can see them it says Thousands of inhuman soldiers with golden skin and glowing red eyes, living statues. They carried rifles of an advanced design, and their stares seemed to bore holes in her mind. The men of gold and red had arrived, bearers of the final metal, Miles had called them, destroyers.
2: I think... For me, it was the, the description of being inhuman mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the way that they're described as, like, uh, what was the word? Uh, statues or... Um, mm-hmm. Living statues. They just, that. like, feel, like, not quite human. And maybe that's because mm-hmm. they're, like, there's some kind of, like, they've got the red eyes, you know, maybe it's some kind of, like, mind control thing. They're, you know, they're irreality that have been, like, mm. mentally taken over or something. I, I don't know, but
0: and bearers of the final medal. Just, What's that supposed what is to be? The mean? final which medal? Which is it lost? <laughs> is this lost medal? Yeah, it doesn't really answer or, any of that about like what what that is or um, what or, miles or any of those people who had those um I don't know what they were like death rattles. I
3: don't know. Uh, it is frustrating that like has been following this mystery of the men of golden red um since the first book and she doesn't actually get any answers to it like it, it's just not <laughs> yes. being resolved
1: so i have issues with her ending or like that and the ending to that problem in general because it just felt quite anticlimactic to me like they've they deal with entron and then they just do a repeat of hero of ages basically where they burn away all the investiture there and it just stops. Like. At least one or two of the, like, I don't know, have one or two of the men of Golden Red come through or whatever and, like, have them deal with that. Because it's, mm-hmm. it, like, it feels quite weird to me that also autonomy would just be fine. Okay. Uh, they've stopped the, the or, like, close the perpendicularity and then she just mm-hmm. orders her army to pick off in in Shadesma and, like, leave. That, I don't know. It feels very weird to me.
0: And for Marisi being a detective, she sure doesn't ask a lot of questions of the ghost bloods. Like, mm. that's the first thing I've been like, who, who are these people? Like, why are they coming here? You know, I would have I know that they said they told her that they won't share the secrets or anything, mm-hmm. but um, she's not asking the questions that us, the readers are asking. And it was really frustrating. That's. I think her storyline was, for me, the most frustrating to read because it was nice to get a little bit of closure on some previous plot lines, but then we have this brand new one and it doesn't get any mm-hmm. um, anything
3: to end it. And I think the difficulty with this book, and it, it is a bit of a problem for me, and it ties into the end of Marisai's story, is like all of this is just being set up for Era three. So we can't mm-hmm. resolve these things because we have to set them up for the next book. And I personally really dislike when books do that um, okay. because it it is like underwhelming and disappointing and I wanted a conclusion. But yeah, I, I feel like that's the, the problem with kind of the end of this book is a, just things just aren't resolved. Things aren't mm-hmm. finished yeah. because we need to take them to the next one. Another thing that I found
0: kind of frustrating that wasn't resolved and that's something that I was expecting to be resolved in this book was Discord, Mm. which we knew from Era One was a possibility that Harmony, you know, says it taking up two shards, could have become. And we're seeing this shadowy figure behind him in a few scenes in this book. And it was a little frustrating that this was brought up and nothing was... I mean, Kelsier at the very end kind of, it's like, what about that thing? You know, they didn't even really acknowledge it. So why mention that he has this shadowy ominous figure behind Harmony if it's not even going to be a plot point in the book?
2: I, I think it's all era three setup. I yeah. think like it's yeah. like, Same. We need for like Era 3. Yeah.
3: In terms of the the disco thing, someone actually pointed out on oh, yeah. mm-hmm. a YouTube comment, I think, that yeah. mm-hmm. the epigraph in The final Empire that Discord comes up is also the first chapter that says that it's ever introduced in. Yes.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to... This is going to be one of my questions for the spoiler stream uh, right now in December. um, Because that made me really curious. And I am not sure how to phrase any of the other questions that I have about the Aethers. And I think Brandon is going to be cagey about them. So I think this is... (laughs) the thing Mm -hmm. that's most likely to get any answers and putty's also good ask about the ethers a ton so this is going to be my question i am very curious to see if this was intentional if it was like kind of like in the top room level foreshadowing
3: like that is too much of a coincidence like Mm -hmm. it has to be intentional
1: the the way he plotted the entirety of era Mm one like all the way through and everything Mm -hmm. like I don't see why it's like man in
3: in 20 years, their minds are going to be blown. (laughs) (laughs) It's like if he knew that CZ was going to be the hero of ages and pick up the shards and become Harmony, and he already had planned for this idea of Discord and Harmony, then he he had to have done it deliberately. Like he would Mm -hmm. have known, like when writing Era One, that that would be where Mm. it ends up.
0: So Harmony in this book and in other Era 2 books was very frustrated and we feel very frustrated as readers to read how how his hands are tied, basically, because of his opposite natures. With Discord in this book, they kind of mentioned, I think it was some one of the characters mentioned to Harmony um, that you're like losing control or losing
1: I think it's Kelsey. So, I don't so have like, this yeah. in notes.
0: Over yeah, it's Kelsey. Like he's he's kind of not as stable as he mm. could be, and and this shadow is looming behind him as this ominous threat of discord. And what do you guys think that discord itself is? Um, how is harmony different when he if he becomes discord?
3: Oh man. Uh, okay, I don't want to get into my thoughts on harmony necessarily but i think that uh discord he's not going to care what the ramifications of any action is mm-hmm. and it's going to be it's going to be chaos and that's what i think discord is compared to harmony uh and i'm really interested to see the conflict between Caesar and Kelsier yes. in that mm-hmm. case because i know eric and a lot of people uh have seen it as oh this is set up for Says as Discord versus Kelsier. But I was thinking before, Kelsier wants Caesar to do more stuff. So if he turns him to Discord and does more stuff, then maybe Kelsier is actually gonna utilize Discord instead of like be in opposition to him.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: I I've seen a lot of people seem to think that like harmony is like more preservation-y mm-hmm. and that Discord mm-hmm. will be more ruinous. I actually I'm not sure that I that I think that. I I think that um, I think that as Discord, I'm imagining that he is going to like fluctuate to the extremes of those two shards. Yes, more, mm-hmm. and so I think that he will be very erratic, and w- which I I think is I, I like because it's I think be that's so terrifying. Fun. That you know that you're going to like see him you know in one scene and he's going to be behaving one way, and then the next scene he's going to be behaving a very different way. I think that's I think that's what's going to happen.
4: Yeah, and I think that on one hand, like Kelsey may. Be- at the beginning, like be able to use that, then he's gonna realize just the danger that this is too skegdrill, and that's gonna lead to Eric's theory, uh, which I am sad to say I agree with because <laughs> it it's a very sad and depressing theory, but it makes sense in my mind at least that it, possibly Kelsey is gonna have to, have to take one for the team and say say that you aren't stable anymore and somehow, like, remove him from that position or find Ooh. a way to fix it.
3: Chaos thinks that um, mm. that Kelsey is going to kill Cezad. And I don't know what's going to happen after that, but that, that's definitely like, what, what Eric <laughs> thinks. And, like, I can see the, the conflict that's being set up there. Like, it does seem like Era 3 is going to be this conflict between Kelsey and Cezad because they are not on uh, the same terms at the moment, and they're very much lying to each other.
0: Um, in Secret History and in The Lost Metal, Kelsier mentions to Seized his skills at lying um, or hiding the truth from him. So I was wondering if maybe, because this is a bridge from Era 1 to Era 3, um, if maybe the whole plot line with separating Harmonium into its component parts or... Trying to get Idium and Loracium from it, if that might play into Sazed's transformation from harmony into discord. So maybe the fact that he's kind of hiding the fact that he did actually produce Loracium, um, that wax did, um, from Kelsier might be a ploy of discords um, to kind of. Keep the upper hand when it comes to making new Mistborn. <laughs>
5: Everybody's
0: hmm. <laughs> yeah. big Everybody that. Yeah. that. Yeah. Um. I was just thinking. I didn't know exactly how the presence of God metals affects the actual shard. Um. So, like, if there's more Atium in the world than there is loracium, or vice versa, if that could throw harmony out of um, out of his perfect yeah. alignment.
2: It, it definitely it seems plausible from like, I don't know, just the way that we saw with, with what we thought saw with ruin and ATM and mm-hmm. R one and um, the whole point of like preservation, like putting some of that power into ATM. So I, I could see something there. It's um, like, I can't see it with like one, like with the experiment waxed. it was like so little, like I can't mm-hmm. imagine that mattered at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, I guess if, They'll kind of ramp up and start doing more of these experiments.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I'm, I'm wondering where they're going to get trillium. Maybe there's like some the stash of trillium on yeah. the planet still, but like if Autonomy mm-hmm. is like booking it for now and coming back later, I don't know where they get trillium to.
0: Well, the set has trillium. And if the set is yeah. destroyed because Telson's gone,
2: they'll find. maybe their... they
0: can just find their stash. <laughs>
2: <laughs> air one was about finding the A team stash, and air three is about finding the trillium stash. <laughs>
1: Our first going to be about Mm. finding the adenalcium (laughs) (laughs) Yum.
0: We seem to be kind of winding down on things. Did anybody have any other thoughts or um, comments they wanted to make before we go into like our what's-your-favorite-scene kind of segment?
4: I don't know. I'm just very excited for Era 3 Mm -hmm. and what that's going to bring in the future of the Cosmere in general. Because this set up so much and the Mm -hmm. gloves are finally off. And in my opinion, they've been loose at the very least for some time. (laughs) And Brandon just finally admitted it. Though this is a a whole other level. But Brandon was starting to cross that line in World Radiance, Oldbringer, Rhythm of War. Mm -hmm. With uh, some of the cameos there. But the gloves are finally off, and it's going to be so exciting. Next year is going to be very exciting with everything we have going on. Even if it's going to be a bit too much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to see what's coming. Definitely.
2: Same. <laughs>
0: <Yep>. <laughs> so... I just want to go around, and maybe everybody can kind of say like their favorite scene from the book, if you'd like. I'll start with Marvin. I'll just yes. go in order.
1: <laughs> so my favorite scene would probably have to be when they meet Marsh or like Death, because like he puts Ooh. on this entire show of like, "Oh, I am Death," and like he, he scares away the the um, other people there, and meanwhile like. As soon as they are gone, he's like deflates, and like also, with every breath, his like wrinkles come back and recede again. And I feel like that's very striking. And it's sort of that he has grown into this role of death, but still somehow mm-hmm. is that guy from a couple hundred years ago. <laughs> uh, it's very fun to see. And like, I, I don't know, I just, I like that we have some more Marsh at all. And I really like the scene, like, as, a, as in general, like how it was put on. Yeah
0: man now that i think about it like there really is a lot of stuff in this book Yep, (laughs) (laughs) we didn't even talk about
2: yeah
0: (laughs) crazy um joshua
2: so i I think i my favorite maybe was that i already mentioned with like wayne's little conclusion there so um i'm gonna go with i guess my maybe this is actually even more my favorite but um the entirety of chapters 39 and yeah, 40. Same, same, same. <laughs> like just like going into the ghostbloods headquarters meeting all these people seeing this like it's just um somebody described it as a cosmere fever dream and like it's just the most apt term for everything that happens there is just wild so much fun so that i'll, I'll say that I, I do have to say um honorable mention also though to the when wax is like fighting his way up the tower and he's like says to harmony like uh, you know you don't know what this is like and mm. says it like sends him that little image of from um from the battle of, of Luthidel, mm-hmm. and, um, that was a another like kind of really s- s- special tiny moment for me
3: uh, jesse Things are already being said. Uh, so my my, li- my actual top moment is definitely Marsh cosplaying himself as Death. Yeah. Uh, like, that was just <laughs> incredible. And I, I loved it so much. Um, and, yeah, like, probably the other two that jump out to me, besides, like, the Ghostbusters stuff, because, yeah, that really is its own category of, wait, are we yeah. actually going to... Is Kelsey <laughs> actually going to be in this book? What the hell? Um, it is, like, the... Uh, the one that josh mentioned with uh, wax um, getting the little vision from harmony because that was so good Mm. Uh, and wayne's talk with uh, renette like those are my top scenes
4: by far very very good ones Uh, veronica yeah other than the entirety of chapter 39 and 40 (laughs) um obviously a lot of people are going to choose that um i've Really liked seeing um, Tuzo and uh, like the whole like ether stuff because I have read Ether of Night and I love that book. It, it has its problems structurally, <laughs> but I love the characters and the magic system and just seeing it finally be canon uh, made uh, me so excited.
1: And the scene where turns and into
4: Shuggernaut, I feel such like such a good moment. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I have to
3: shout out him turn, turning into a rock goblin yeah. thing with because <laughs> so like that was so cool! Yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. It is yeah. so much fun. Also, honorable mention to me just going completely crazy when uh, Melon casually mentions that her guide is the showdown.
5: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah.
4: yeah. There's so much that- in this book.
0: That was like at the very end, and you're like, oh, it's winding down. It's like, (laughs) oh, do you see
4: that? Yeah.
5: Really exciting.
4: If we didn't have the secret projects next year, we'd have so many topics Mm -hmm. to talk about just with this book alone. Oh, yes. Shardcast is going to
0: be (laughs) full. I knew since I was going last that all of my scenes, every (laughs) single scene would be taken. So I'll just mention... There's two, and these two are the ones that solidified in my mind that Era 2 is the best series that should be turned into a movie, Mm -hmm. and that is Wax dropping out of nowhere in the middle of the gunfight and, like, (laughs) stopping bullets and, like, sending them and shooting into all the other people. Like, so cinematic, I could just see it in my mind, like, super, super fun. And then also Twin Soul... Becoming this big rock golem thing, and and saying his his speech and everything, that just like after that scene, I said, you know what, Twin Soul is my favorite character from this book right now. (laughs) Yep. So those are two scenes that just in my mind stand out Mm -hmm. to me as like maybe because I'm kind of artistically minded, Mm -hmm. those are the scenes that really stood out to me because I could just picture every single frame in my mind super fun book all right um so we're going to um bring this to a close with some last final thoughts if we have any marvin would you like to start
1: i mean there's so many thoughts after this book because as we we're talking like, oh we haven't yeah. talked about this and that but mm-hmm. we will have separate episodes for this i mean just like all the cosmic stuff was just so fantastic in this book as we brought up the show tell, even at the end like there's not much to talk about there because they just make an appearance, but still that, that we have it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But like, who are the people that Milan is visiting? So I think we will have more to talk about with this book. And like, I'm excited to see for one where Era 3 is going. And in general, like when we will have answers to all these questions that I guess yeah. just the epilogues like or, uh, asked of us. So yeah.
0: And Joshua?
2: Yeah, not much else to add other than just excitement for... Not just Mistborn Era 3, but the the Cosmere in general, just saying, you know, where Brandon is making a turn here with with things is is exciting. So
3: mm-hmm. Jesse. I would really like to see. Uh, there is a small reference in one of the epilogues of Marisai offering to help find Moonlight and bring her back. And I would really like that novella or whatever. Uh, that would be great. Please, 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 please. <laughs>
0: I completely agree. Moonlight yeah. was a really, really cool character, especially when she did her little transformation mm-hmm. with her stamp. And we see basically an Elantrian like out in the wild. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You just reminded me of what I wanted Super to say. Super cool. <laughs> uh, Veronica, you, now it's yes. your turn. You can <laughs> Um
4: So I've been insisting for a very long time that the Elantrians, if they're on their home court, they will beat Practically any other investiture user in the Cosmere, and people have never believed it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have proof, like what Shai did, and like even though if we don't see it on screen, and the fact that now they aren't uh, so limited by location and direct access to Elantris, it's just the sellish systems are so versatile in what they can do, that they can be really, really powerful. And people always forget about them because we have more flashy systems like um, The Night's Radiant and Stormlight and all that and Allomancy because they're very cinematic and we only have one book in Elantris compared to, well, seven now for Mistborn or four ginormous books for Stormlight. And so I am very happy that my point on uh, dealing on the selfish systems was vindicated in this book. And I, have, I really want those uh, <laughs> Elantris sequels, mm-hmm. other than that novella that Jansi mentioned.
2: Uh, Brandon, has, like, I've always imagined that Elantris 2, the, the Elantris sequel, would be like not long after the events of um Interest. And now I'm like almost mm-hmm. wondering, like, is it possible that like Mer- that KIs as as code names, like goes back to cell and reunites with her brother? And like, it's like, that would be amazing. That'd
0: be very I love that idea.
4: I love that idea yeah. so much.
0: <laughs> after reading The Lost Metal and after actually being able to go to Dragonsteel Con and <laughs> listening to Brandon, like just go all out with the Cosmere. Um, And say that, you know, now the gloves are off. Like that was such a huge moment. It just makes me so excited for what's coming up. Like Mm -hmm. it feels like all of the books, every book that has been put out so far is leading up to this perfect, like huge story. And it's just really exciting to see. And Mm -hmm. The Lost Metal is a perfect example of how crazy... It'll get with all of these different magic systems and all of these different characters and personalities, shards, planets. It's it's just this huge war (laughs) in my mind of things going on. And it's just really, really exciting to be a part of as a fan. Okie dokie. Let's move on to who's that Cosmere character? And Eric has written down for me a song to sing for you. It goes do 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 do. All right.
4: Nailed it. Characters from Roshar. Menace.
2: Yeah, Tom. Braze. void in drag on a horse. <laughs> it's
1: time for Who's
2: That Cosmere Character?
0: Call. All right, you know how the game is played. You send five clues and a character to WTCC at 17thshard.com. I'll read the clues aloud, and after each clue, My fine panelists have a chance to guess who's that Cosmere character. It is my first time hosting this, and I've only participated like two or three times in past Shardcasts, so bear with me. Um, Also, I have to mention we've gotten a lot of spam in our WTCC inbox, and so that's why it's been kind of difficult to get to them. But hopefully we're going to get to yours eventually. All right, so for the first one, this comes from Basement Boy, B-O-I, on the forums. Clue number one. This character is from Roshar. <laughs> Why
4: did I guess it? Gaz. Um,
0: it is not Gaz. It is not Yaddle. <laughs> No, she's not from Roshar.
5: Yeah, no, she's yeah, on yeah. Roshar, but she's
1: not from Roshar. Uh, you want to do that? I had her on my mind <laughs> because of Tessina.
0: It is not Tessina. Uh, let Let's um, clear up both of the parents, Liren. <laughs> it is not Liren. <laughs> okay, moving on to clue number two. This character is invested. Leshwi It is not Leshwi. Uh, Raboniel. <laughs> Not Ravonial. Lesian. <laughs> or Lesian. It is not Lesian either. Uh, Seth. It is not Seth. Ooh, clue three. This character is male. Dalinar. It is not Dalinar. Axies. It is not Axes. Really nice
4: one. I'm going to get another low-hanging fruit out of the way. Kaladin. <laughs> it is not Kaladin. Kalak. Uh, the Herald, not Kalak.
0: All right, clue number four. This character is smarter than they let people think. Oh,
2: Renarin! <laughs> it is not
0: Renarin. That is David. They're not from um, the
4: Cosmere. <laughs> I don't know if you heard me, but I said David.
0: It is not Dabid. Uh. Relaine. Not Relaine. Yeah, Ooh, this is a
1: tough really one as, uh, okay let me see smarter
4: than... I mean, the clues have been very general so far have, so. Yes.
0: If... and according to basement boy on the forums these are bugging everybody on purpose
1: yeah, yeah, I so. <laughs> written
0: specifically to, <laughs> to cause I'm frustration to maximum frustration
1: of that one like uh, who is who, what's the name the baker, whatever, who rides with Yasna? Uh, mm.
4: I don't remember their
1: name. That guy.
4: <laughs> I nice it is
1: pain. not the
0: baker who rides with Yasna. <laughs> <Okay, thanks. laughs> At least as far as I know. <laughs> okay. Clue number five. This character was on the wander sale.
5: Oh. Oh. Well, that takes
1: Darifil. away my clue.
0: It is not Dareth, though. Lobun's
1: cousin. Who, yeah. Oh, the other one. Is it yeah. was who, who, You? I don't
0: know how to pronounce it. it. Yeah, I forgot to it say it. was. I'll <laughs> show the point for that who, one. Who got it? Which one of you got it first?
4: Shane got, got the Huyo name. Who started to oh, say it was Veronica. Uh, Lobun's cousin yeah. first. and All right.
0: One gold star to Veronica for... Guessing on clue point. five. Yeah. Okay, half a gold star to Veronica <laughs> and half a gold star to Paleo. Here you go.
4: <laughs> that is a quick one, though, for the other yeah. characters. Up yeah, lot well, that's a lot of, a lot of
0: characters it could have been. <laughs> okay, who's that Cosmere character number two? This one sent in by Hunter Fish. Clue number one. This character has multiple names. <laughs> Kelsier. Jesse, you get a gold star. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what were the other Uh, clues?
5: Excellent. um, The other
0: clues. Clue two this character is a Stormlight character. Clue three Uh, this character is known for his philanthropy. Clue four, this character impacts at least two planets in the Cosmere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And clue five, this character has a drawing of a flower.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That would have been tough until five. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Good job, Jesse. That was just like the, the first thing that came to mind. It was like, oh Kelsey or Sidecar. Good one.
0: All right, man, this is going really fast. Um, who said Cosmere character? Number three. Now this one is by jester lavore Oh, Jester this is for our yes this is for our um from our patreon priority queue uh, if you are a herald you can submit it to our priority queue and your clues will be read much faster also
1: thank faster. you to jester for the new overlay because it's yes. really cool thank
0: you very much sure. really yes. appreciate so. it and
1: it was nice meeting you drinks it was
0: Clue number one: I am not mad, but afraid.
2: Calic. It is not
0: Calic.
3: Like, are, are these actually are these quotes from the book, or are these just clues written in this way?
0: These are the clues that Jester Lavore has submitted. <laughs> 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 uh. Shallan. Shall it, it is not Shallan. I am not mad, but afraid.
1: I like I don't want to guess a Summit character. Say
0: <laughs> 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 It is not Sayzed. That's a good one though. Uh,
1: Seth, I mm-hmm. guess. I don't know.
0: It is not Seth. Clue number two. Remember, what power I have outside is a mere candles light in here. Is that Hoid?
4: It is not Hoyd. These are some really interesting clues about.
0: Yeah. Vasher. It is not Vasher.
1: Like, the way that it's phrased makes me think it says something like, with Shadesma or whatever, that's like Kendall Slaver. Yeah. <sighs>
0: it's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is why I'm so bad at who's that Cosmere mm-hmm. character. Because yeah. as soon as I am supposed to guess, Every name goes out of my head. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Not even any idea who like this might be as a character. Could you read the second clue?
0: Remember, what power I have outside is a mere candle's light in here. Hoyd. Are we, uh, Jesse already, at, already oh, yeah, I already
4: guessed why. Yeah.
2: I genuinely have no
4: idea what this could be.
2: I'm pretty certain that's a quote, and I just can't quite. Yeah, place it.
4: yeah I don't. <laughs> Are we
0: waiting on just Marvin's?
1: Uh, yes. I, I'm going oh. to pass on this on this clue. Like, I have no idea. Just say a idea. name,
0: any name. Yeah, but
1: <laughs> I want the name okay. to at least fit the clues. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, if you pass, you pass. I pass. Yeah. Okay. Clue number three, they've forgiven us.
4: Oh. Ooh. Oh. Um, Lash Lash
0: yeah. Joshua, you get a gold star. <laughs> These were really good ones. Clue number four would have been, I couldn't have talked us out of this. He knows what we did. And then clue five would have been. My soul is too long owned by someone else for that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: See, if they'd put the they yeah, forgiven
2: us at the true. end, yeah. we
4: would have been baffled the whole way mm-hmm. through.
2: What is, uh, because what's the first one? The first,
4: one? The first one was,
0: I am not like, mad, but afraid.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I couldn't have got that. The second one, I think, is when they go into Erythri with the, um,
1: mm-hmm. when mm, the suppression yeah. is still accurate, Right. I mm-hmm. think. Right, yeah, that makes sense. It's a
0: good one.
1: We
4: should he have just, guessed did, some views at the beginning. He did have a request
0: for voice acting, very so I tried my best. very much is a quote. Um,
4: <laughs> uh, they all are. I just searched the first one. It's yeah. from Rhythm of War, chapter 14. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, yeah. good clues. Yeah, I like yeah, that really I'll just read the yeah, 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 little yeah, yeah. fragment. <laughs> all right. Why did you seek to block my proposal, Ashri Ravonia asked. Have you begun to feel the effects of madness? I am not mad, but afraid. Se- Leshwe said <laughs> to abashment, and then start, started at the words, Lady Leshwe, afraid? Do you truly <laughs> think you can end the war? That was That's a good a one really because it makes cool. you think
0: of mad like angry, and mm. so you're trying to think of like, characters. Yeah. So. I yeah.
4: definitely thinking mad as in like Harold yeah, like,
0: This does mm. not fit any of the Heralds. Nice one. Thank you very much for submitting your clues and your characters always super fun all right we hope you enjoyed this episode next up we'll have our episode on Trell and autonomy this weekend and followed by a third reactions video and then more topics afterwards and of course you can always find us on 17thshard.com for all your news Discussions, theories, and more fun than you can ever want. Mm. (laughs) You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And please subscribe on YouTube. Support us on our Patreon for as little as a dollar. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. And um, I have a note here. Eric says I have to say caw or he's going (laughs) to fire me. (laughs) Well,
1: go on. (laughs) 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 It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic, fantastic. An out of 10. Yeah. Fell for admin. Fell for admin. Yep. Yes. Hashtag, fell, hashtag for
0: admin. fell for admin. <laughs> <laughs>